All things are receivers. Newcoming vets, rookies, and homers will make for some competitive camp battles. Cody and I discussed the picking order for the Texans wide receiver core and who should be considered the number one target for C.J. Stroud. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp helps you connect with a licensed therapist who can help you get on that self-discovery journey from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Locked On today to get 10% off your first month. I'm John Son Sports Guy Hickman, and of course, I'm joined by none other than Sports Illustrated's own and Houston Sports Media Credential Media member for the city of Houston. Said a whole bunch of things right there. <laughs> but of course, Cody Davis for today's episode, we will talk about an anonymous NFL executive and what they have to say about the Houston Texans that is really on the brighter side compared to the past two to three seasons. Who should be the number one receiver for the Houston Texans? But before we look at who should be number one, Cuddy, it's great that we have an opportunity to discuss the mm. receivers all together. The Texans currently have seven receivers on the roster that were not Texans last a Texan last year. Houston has four players on the roster that didn't play on an NFL field last season. Only two receivers currently of the four. I'm sorry, only two receivers on this roster currently has four or more years of NFL experience. The Texan wide receiver group isn't where the franchise would like it to be, of course, but there is no doubt that this is a team in a much better position than last season, I think, especially from an athletic standpoint, and the group is younger. Now, Houston doesn't have a number one receiver, and we will discuss who that should be, but I am excited to see the following. The rookie battle, Tank Dale, Xavier Hutchison. I'm also going to include John Mechie in that group. And, of course, Mm. undrafted free agent Jerry Wayne out of pit. The newcomer vet battle, Noah Brown versus the $10 million guaranteed wide receiver in Robert Woods. The role of Amari Rodgers. He is one of four receivers on this roster that is under six foot and, of course, Wide receivers fighting for uh, roster spots that would be a part of the depth. Uh, Jalen Camp, Johnny Johnson, Steven Sims. And I also want to include Jerry Wayne in that as well. And, of course, like I mentioned, who will be this team's number one receiver? Cody, how should we feel about the wide receiver group as of right now? How should that position group for the Texans be viewed? Okay. That's That's how you have to look at it. Because the Houston Texans, I think we all can agree, they do not have a definite number one wide receiver. However, when you go back and compare it to last year and the year before, the one thing that we all talked about and hampered on for two seasons now was that this wide receiving core just did not have a lot of depth. If Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins went down, it was like, okay, who's going to step up? Thankfully, they had Chris Moore. But outside of Chris Moore on several occasions, 
you really didn't know who was going to take the ham. I'm looking at it in tiers. I look at it in tier one. I have Nico Collins, Noah Brown, Robert Woods. Tier two, I have Tank Dale, Xavier Hutchinson, John Mechie the third, and Amari Rogers. And in tier three, I have Jalen Camp, Johnny Johnson the third, Steven Sims, and of course, Jerry Wayne. That's how I'm looking at this. Tier one is your okay. We're going to need a lot of production from you every single Sunday. And you guys cannot let us down. Tier two, those are the guys that I'm looking at that I say, okay, there are the ones that's going to be in position battles to play the slot receivers. Or if, if somebody from your one goes down, from tier one goes down, excuse me, then you're going to have to make sure that you rely on those guys from tier two. And then the tier three receivers are the ones that's going to be like, okay, who's going to fill out the rest of this position group to make the 53 man roster? And how many of those guys is actually going to be on the practice squad roster? The biggest key out of all of this as of right now, John, for me, is Amari Rogers. I'm looking at him only because he's the only one I feel that you could play him on the outside. You could play him in the slot. You could play him wherever. He took on the role as Chris Moore, somebody to where if you needed him to step up and be your number one, number two wide receiver due to injury, due to, due to durability, due to production, that was him. When you needed somebody to step up in the slot, that was him. So I'm looking at it in terms of production and how the Houston Texans coaching staff can actually utilize him. Fun fact, there is no receiver on this team that was drafted in the first round. <laughs> so this is a team at that position, Cody. When you say it's okay, I think it's fair to say that it is okay. Uh, more so, there is only one receiver on this roster as of right now that have caught 4,000 yards, and that was Bobby Trees, Robert Woods, back when he was with the L.A. Rams. And so he does come in with uh, a lot of experience, the more NFL experienced receiver on this team. As I mentioned, only – what was it? <clears throat> Only two other current receivers have four years or more of NFL experience. Um, but I do want to look at this. This may be, be a not-so-hot take. I can't see Noah Brown not making this roster. He's on a one-year deal, very inexpensive contract worth $2.8 million. Also, after being acquired uh, from the Packers once he was released, Amari Rodgers, who I like for Houston last season, has had some good moments with some bad quarterback play. <laughs> Both of those players have players, rookies, at their position that will play similar roles for this team. When I look at a Tank Dale and Xavier Hutchinson, Hutch is more of an outside receiver who can do some blocking downfield, make some of those plays on the outside downfield. In his last year in college, got a really good opportunity to get 100 catches, so was really utilizing the offense and Tank Dale a smaller guy can be utilized in the return game, in the slot. Some of those things that you want to get creative with, you can use Tank Dell. And so when I look at what Amari mm -hmm. Rogers could possibly be, I wonder if the upside for Tank Dell, who Houston traded up for, means more to the franchise as of right now than a wide receiver who was released from the Green Bay Packers going into his third year this year, who may be an odd man out. Mm -hmm. And then when I look at this wide receiver group, guys, listeners, Viewers, if you're if you're watching at home or if you're listening in your car, you know what's really going to make or break a lot of these receivers. Like right now, Houston has 
I want to say 11 receivers on this roster, maybe 12. And I think that when it comes down to how many they're going to carry on game day, like we used to see four or five last year. I think one game, a couple of games maybe was four receivers. I think that number will increase, as I said before. But I'm going to look at the small things that can help that player fit the mold of this team and the identity that Nico, not Nico, D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slogan, that they're trying to establish for an offense that's been bottom of the league for the past two seasons. And that's going to be blocking downfield. That's going to be, you know, how are you working out in the zone run game as a wide receiver? What are you doing? Are you doing your part with black backside blocking? Like those small things is what I'm really looking forward to. So that's why I said, looking at a Amari Rogers, what will be his role? Like training camp is going to be super, super, I think, exciting for all of these receivers because when you look at the veterans and when you look at the rookie class and the rookies and the younger guys like a Nico Collins who's going into his third year, Amari Rogers, third year, same draft, like you have another guy that can compete with you, whether they are the vet or whether they are the rookie, the younger guy. And I look at a John Mechie like John Mechie at his height, his ceiling, his potential is to be able to do everything on the field as a receiver, outside, inside, slot guy, right? You don't want to necessarily have him out there with too many returns, but, like, talking about Tank Dale, he's a guy that how many of those kickoff returns was called back? Yeah, and he got – and then four was called back. So he's also going to be an X factor, something that Houston hasn't had maybe since Jacoby Jones in a return game. So, like, again, the receiving group for Houston – is going to be super competitive, more competitive than we've seen in a couple of years because I think there's a balance from top to bottom to where the guy that you have, the two guys that you may have at the top, there's also some younger guys that may be quicker and faster at their point of their career that can kind of do the exact same thing that the vets can do. It's going to come down to how are you practicing? Are you doing the things that they want you to do when you're not getting targets? Are you in the film room? Are you taking care of your body? And are you committing to this type of style of offense that D'Amico Ryans, Bobby Slaw, Bill Lazor, Shane Day, now with CJ Stroud, that they're putting together? This show was sponsored by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you. And you never take the moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burnt out. I'm dealing with it every day, coming home from work, doing things for everybody else. And sometimes I need a peace and moment to myself. I don't necessarily know how to do that. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life. It helped me and I want everybody to be able to help themselves. You can find different type of ways uh, to support yourself, support others without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. You don't have to drive in this 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock traffic here in Houston or wherever you are because traffic is bad, gas prices are high, and it's easier to do things at the comfort of your own home. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today <clears throat> to get 10% off your first month. That's better 
help com slash locked on. Welcome back in locked on Texan listeners and viewers out there and especially our every dayers out there, man. As always, you guys are, can I say something, Cody? Go right ahead, man. A couple <laughs> of things, man. So I, one of the bigger reasons why I love doing this show is because it's honestly a break for me. I get opportunity to speak with my brother, get opportunity to speak to you guys. And there's so much going on in the outside world. My goodness, the mass shootings, the, the, the craziness. And for you guys to rock with our show like that, it means the world to me. So once again, our everydayers, we really appreciate you here on the Locked on Texan podcast. Now, I know y'all want to get back to some of them Texan talks. Let's <laughs> do that. Who should be Houston's number one receiver this year, which should probably be named what are our expectations <laughs> for Nico Collins this year? Cody, I do want to give out some information before we talk about Nico. The unfortunate story of Nico Collins as a pro athlete to this point in his career. Mm-hmm. This will be his third head coach in three seasons. Mm-hmm. This will be his third OC, which means this will be his third offensive system. I'm doing everything as a three. And for the third point I want to point out, this will also be his fifth quarterback, starting quarterback. <laughs> like, if we could take a moment. In three seasons, David Cully, Lovey Smith, now D'Amico Ryans. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly, Pep Hamilton. Now Bobby Slowick. Uh-huh. And Davis Mills, Tyrod, Jeff Driscoll, Kyle Allen. Now CJ Stroud. So maybe <laughs> maybe we look at the third time is the charm. However, that's the business of the NFL, right? You know, you can't always control things around you. But Nico Collins should absolutely have the expectations for himself to be this team's number one wide receiver. Cody, you mentioned it all the time. One of the better quotes from Nico Collins was he wants to be where Andre Johnson, where DeAndre Hopkins has been for this franchise. And if we're being mm-hmm. honest, Brandon Cooks for a couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. His second season woes mainly was from the quarterback play. Didn't really give Collins justice to how much better of a player and wide receiver he was from his rookie season. His routes were better. Creating separation was better. And when I look at how important it is for Nico Collins to come out this year and be this team's dominant wide receiver. And I'm going to say the number one receiver with an offensive system and scheme that we're expecting to see from new head coach, new offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick, which is somewhat of a variation of the West coast offense. Um, You bring that system, you typically see a bigger jump, in year two for the wide receiver. So we look at Debo Samuel, his his year two compared to his rookie year. We look at Brandon Ayuk, year one from year two. Both of those numbers increase in that type of system. And I think it'll be better for Collins to come out this year and stand out above everybody else in that position group uh, to be this team's number one receiver in order to get an opportunity to see year one. So I don't want to necessarily put an expectation of him being a 1,000-yard receiver. And again, guys, I want to reiterate that for Nico Collins, how much better of a player he was last year 
you didn't get an opportunity to see it. Like I say this all the time. There was at least 250 yards, 300 yards left out on the field because mm. of how bad the quarterback play was. That's why I think that this is the season that we – next January we may look at ourselves and say, okay, Nico Collins can possibly build himself up, not to the likes of DeAndre Hopkins and Andre Johnson. I think that's unfair to the young man, honestly. Like those were two of – some of the greatest receivers we've seen in this NFL league, but we can say, you know what? He definitely needs to be a priority in this office for the following year in an office that normally does take the better receiver or the receivers a year or two to really catch on. So I'm expecting a lot of great things out of Nico Collins. And I think that it's okay for us to say as of right now, Nico Collins should be the number one receiver for this team. Now, Cody guys, <laughs> He got a different perspective. I can't wait for y'all to hear. I agree with you, John. Everybody should agree. When you take a look at these 11 wide receivers entering training camp, Nico Collins should be the number one wide receiver. There's only two other guys that you can look at that I would say could rival Nico for that position. That's Noah Brown and Robert Woods. But Nico Collins, he is the best option. He's the tallest wide receiver. I do believe with C.J. Stroud, we will finally see Nico Collins be that red zone target, that red zone threat that we wanted to see between him and Davis Mills last year, which means there would be more scoring for the Houston Texans down in the red zone. He's 24 years old, so he's match- he, he matches up perfectly with the Texans' timeline in terms of their rebuilding project or as – B. Scott said on yesterday's show, the building project now because he feel like this team is out of their rebuilding stage. Now it's like, okay, we got to put these pieces together and really start building something special. Um, And then, John, everything that you just said, especially considering that he has the best quarterback that he has ever played with. And I know that's saying a lot for a rookie quarterback. We don't know how his talent is going to translate from the college level to the NFL, especially from Ohio State. However... CJ Stroud will probably be the best quarterback that he has ever played with here in the city of Houston. Can I but add John, something to that? Oh, go, go right ahead. <clears throat> what I do want to add is more so, let's not necessarily say the better quarterback, which I think he will be the better quarterback, but we can say that. <laughs> but let's also put an emphasis on the importance of adding to this coaching staff mm. a better scheme. Like, Bobby Sloyd, which we may have question marks about how he will be as an offensive coordinator, rightfully so. But what this team has this year that they did not have in the past year, you got Bill Lazor and Shane Day. Mm-hmm. Like, we cannot count out how important those guys are going to be for the entire offensive uh, scheme and offensive players. And so I think that Nico Collins will truly benefit from that in the style of offense that I think this team will play, play for. Because I think CJ Stroud would benefit it from heavily as well as a rookie. So I do believe that the rookie, the rookie, not the rookie, but the wide receivers will as well. So I want to point that out as well. I'm glad that you did. But John, I don't want to talk about who's going to be the number one wide receiver for the Houston Texans in 2023. Who's going to be CJ Stroud wide receiver one in 2023. I want to look at who's going to be wide receiver number two. That is the interesting question because the reason why it's so important to see what the Houston Texans are working with in this wide receiver groups because you have a rookie quarterback. And it seems like you want to make sure that your quarterback, your rookie quarterback, have enough veteran talent around. Nico Collins in his third season, 
But Noah Brown and Robert Woods are, without a shadow of a doubt, the veteran group of this wide receiving court. I have some faith in Noah Brown. However, John, I'm wondering if the career year that we saw out of Noah Brown in Dallas is more so because he was playing alongside the likes of C.D. Lamb, who is, of course, without a shadow of a doubt, the Dallas Cowboys' number one wide receiver. And if he comes to the Houston Texans, or matter of fact, when he start playing for the Houston Texans this season, because they do not have a number one wide out that they can put more put more emphasis on in their defensive scheme, I'm wondering that's going to hamper Noah Brown's production. Now you got to take a look at Robert Woods. Robert Woods is getting up there in age. Robert Woods is coming off a season where he recorded a career low of 527 yards, and I understand it. He was with Tennessee last year. There was a lot going on with, with, with Tennessee. They had a quarterback in Malik Willis. They didn't, they didn't want him to throw the ball past five yards against the Houston Texans, which is the reason why they had to go out and draft Will Levis. But, you know, look, he's not here to sit in Houston. That's all I care about. But what is this wide receiver battle is going to look like in training him? I'm looking at three guys who could be wide receiver number two for the Houston Texans. Noah Brown, Robert Woods, and Xavier Hutchinson. Wow. I think he's wow. going whoa, to whoa, be. Whoa, 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 I think whoa, 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 whoa. No, John Mechie? The only reason why I'm not putting John Mechie in is because he hasn't played football in a That's long fair. time. He's coming off leukemia. He's coming off an ACL tear. And to be honest with you, John, outside of of him, I I think this year is going to be him just getting back into football shape and just trying to get accustomed into the NFL level. Ladies and gentlemen, please, without a shadow of a doubt, we cannot put too much emphasis on John Mechie this season. We cannot do it. This man has overcome a lot. And the fact that thank he for, is thank you for saying he, the fact that he is right now participating in, in, in voluntary OTAs and he's going to be at training camp. And if everything continues going well, he's going to be suiting up on Sundays. He's going to be a part of the 53 man roster. That is enough right there. But we have to have some patience with the development of John Mechie because this guy has to overcome a lot. Now, 2024 is going to be a whole nother different story. But as of right now, when you look at wide receiver number two, I think Xavier Hutchinson is going to be the key to say whether or not, along with Amari Rogers, but I don't see Amari Rogers being wide receiver number two. I see him being three and a guy that you can call up when, when needed. But Xavier Hutchinson, he has a lot of talent. He's coming off a career year at Iowa State. This man has made the all Big 12 first team, not one, not two, but three times. But even when you take a look at what Hutchinson can possibly be for the Houston Texans, along with Brown, along with Woods, John, I think wide receiver number two is going to be more so of a collective unit between those three guys because it's very important for these wide receivers to step up in order for CJ Stroud to be successful in his rookie campaign. You know what? Let's, let's continue this conversation just a little bit before we close out with the exec anonymous NFL executive, because I think we got some cooking right here. So guys, more wide receiver talk coming up on the Locked on Texas podcast. Welcome back in Locked on Texas listeners and viewers. I uh, got to clean up the, Kind of last part of that conversation, finish it up, Kurt. I like what you were saying, just a collective unit of guys. Um, 
Which goes to the depth that Nick Casario has been able to build this offseason in this position group. Absolutely, which is why there is an emphasis. It should be an emphasis on this team won't just carry no four receivers going into game day. Like, they got guys <laughs> on this roster that I think a suitable offense can really bring out what they their strengths, what they can do on the NFL field. Mm-hmm. But you did say something I thought was interesting, the Noah Brown being a number two receiver. I don't think so. And it, my, my belief is hmm. there is an opportunity, right? And we've seen Nick Casario give a guy some money before in the offseason. And then when the season rolls around, sorry, Nara. Like, we were still scratching the head over why didn't Mac, Marlon Mack make this roster and Rex Burkhead did, right? I know that's pain from the past. No, no don't We don't want to talk up. about that trauma. Don't bring that up. <clears throat> but, <laughs> but I could see Noah Brown being an odd man out, honestly, because, like, I look at Xavier oh, Hutchinson, who – who unfair to say to Xavier in a sense he hasn't played NFL football, mm-hmm. but Noah Brown, who has gotten better every year since coming out of Ohio State for the Dallas Cowboys, like last year was just a perfect opportunity for him because of the lackluster talent around that wide receiver group. Like the rookie Tober didn't do much. Uh, Gallup got hurt. And so Brown was able to step up and play, and play some good football. But when the competition well, is brewing is here in Houston, like, will those opportunities still come to him if everybody else is performing at a higher level? And I also want to add that this team may possibly not have a number one or number two receiver. They may just all collectively be getting it in and be effective for this team. I think that at the end, we may look at Nico and say, you were the better option. Mm-hmm. But Robert Woods, if he's healthy, this could be an opportunity for him to go out there and act a fool too. So, like, this is, of course, the two early conversations that we're having. Yeah. But – Collectively, as a unit, I think this is why this offseason for the wide receiver position is so interesting because who's really the clear cut better than the next guy, man? Hmm. To your Noah Brown point, <clears throat> do you think what he had to go through last year in Dallas? Because, like I just mentioned in the second segment, the clear cut number one was CD Lamb. Outside of Lamb, John, as you just alluded to, he needed to step up. It was an opportunity. You don't think he has that here in Houston? No, I think he will. I think there'll be opportunity, but mm-hmm. like the opportunity came for Noah Brown last year, and the opportunities kept coming because who else was going out there doing able to like make plays for Dallas? Like that's why Dallas called Houston before the deadline. I was like, hey, can we get Brandon Cooks? That's why they just got the deal done in the offseason because <laughs> they needed somebody to stretch the field. Yeah, like, even when Gallup came back. Just wasn't the same Gallup, you know. And Tobert again, mm-hmm. the rookie, he wasn't able to go out there and be and do nothing for Dallas. And so, what I'm saying is, with those opportunities that continuously came last year for Noah Brown, that may shrink for Noah Brown because other guys are just getting out on the field and may have a higher upside to be out on that field compared to Noah Brown. I'm not counting Noah Brown out. I actually like the signing of Noah Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I remember correctly at the time, I liked the Noah Brown signing more than I liked the Robert Woods signing, but that was because of the amount of money, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that he's going to get an opportunity, but will his opportunities look better than the opportunities of the Rook Hutchison? Uh, 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 you know, Robert Woods. Uh, the, the, the We can't count out the guy like the Jalen Camps. We can't count those guys out. So Will he look better than the rest of the guys in camp and in preseason and so far throughout the season if he makes it to the 53-man roster? I think that's a valid question to ask. Not doubting him, but it's out there. 
I think Jalen Camp got a real chance of messing up every almost every scenario we just put <clears> out there. Because Camp did go out there and was productive whenever he was called up from the practice squad roster. However, he good at training camp. That was too, yeah, man. and that's, in preseason, I never understood. But John, that goes back to your point about saying that we are not going to get the fifty-three man game day roster and say you're only rocking with four wide receivers. Yeah, right. And so, which means that could open up more opportunities for Jalen Camp, and that's another guy who can give you something on special teams as well. As well, so it's going to be very interesting to see how this wide receiving core shapes up. However. Come the end of, two, of the 2023 campaign, we better be saying, Nico Collins, it's your time. Because if not, we're going to be saying, Nico Collins, I'm going to miss you, man. <laughs> I, I hope you, I hope you, you know, it's do well so <laughs> in, in, your, in, your, in your next, you know, in your next team. Goodbye. You know, I'm, I'm going to appreciate those talks we used to have at your locker, man. But, you know, man. It's time to go. <laughs> Boy, look how look how happy folks get in around the talk of wide receivers when the quarterback different. Boy, <laughs> look how the energy changed. Really quick before we end off today's show, man. An anonymous NFL team executive had this to say about the Houston Texans. You guys are going to like this. <clears throat> they were sitting out the last few years, and now they've re-entered the NFL world. <laughs> and that is in regards to the Houston Texans. Uh you know, I just think I don't want to necessarily analyze that too much, but I just think that is a part of the feel good, right? Like you traded up and got the, the two top prospects that was on your draft board. You had a great offseason, got the head coach. And just as another point in the feel good story for the Houston Texans. Now, of course, the real story ain't going to really matter until August 2023 and, and then the first, mm. the second weekend in September. But like, to hear NFL executives say that, okay, all right. You know what that tells me? Now we have some real expectations. Hmm. Not no four wins, not no four wins, not no 313-1 type of season. The expectations are there. Yeah. And for me, as someone who has <laughs> been around this team ever since the downfall started, that statement to me also showcased that the side shows and all of the bad narratives and the cloud that was hanging around this organization for over the last three years is gone now, like everywhere. We're not about to get into all that because ladies and gentlemen, you already know everything that was, that was going on. Um, but I do want to say this, man. Even when you take a look at the coaching search, it was a legit coaching search. It wasn't we about Hans to go and, and, and bring in Hans Wars. You know, we're not about <clears throat> to talk about hiring Josh McCown and like well, even, even the coach, like they had legitimate coaching candidates. And honestly, and honestly came away with like a guy who had suitors around the league. And you saw how they crashed, how they crashed the draft. You co- you come away with not one but two prospects that was in the top five and free agency, and the fact that they still have flexibility going into next offseason. It's a good time to be a Houston Texans fan. This is a good time to be covering the Texans. Finally, yeah. ever since they blew that lead to Kansas City, Lord have mercy. <laughs> Thank 
Thank you guys for checking out. I said sometimes you just gotta say it like that and just leave it. <laughs> you know what? You never know where you're going if you don't know where you came from. There and you go. One of the darkest should we go left or should we go right type of dark turns for the Houston Ooh. Texans has been maybe looking at the 06 draft, uh, mm. uh, uh not being able to get not committing to Peyton Manning over Mashaw in that 24 0 lead. That if you win that game. And in hindsight, drafting four, they're giving all that money to four. How <laughs> the way that came, came out to be. So, just I think you pray for better days, man. Thank y'all for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast. Be sure to follow us on all of the major podcasting platforms, as always, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Citron Megaphone, and Spotify. Also, while you're scrolling on your phone, hitting the subscribe button, scroll over to YouTube and hit subscribe on that as well. Like, comment, please comment, and shout out to our everyday. Let's follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, remember, we're going to have our first chance to see C.J. Stroud and the rest of the 2023 rookies in action on Friday. Can't wait to talk about that and give y'all footage on that. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. The fun is back. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.